morning we have the privilege of having my friend Annie come and share the word with us. Um, there is a very official bio up here for her if you're like, what is her official credentials to speak to us this morning? But what I want to tell you about Annie is when I met her, I was like, she is the kindest, most welcoming, um, energetic person I have met. And I just want to be friends with her. Like, can we, and I, I'd be like, can we be friends? And she'd be like, yes, let's be friends. <laughs> and I love her love of people because I was like, maybe I'm just special. And then I'd see her treat everyone around her with the kind of specialness and the care and the kindness that I received from her. I love that she loves people. And then when I hear her talk about God, her love of God is just infectious. And so I... I want more of that. Like, I want more of God and I want more love of people when I hear her talk. So I hope that that's our experience this morning. And I just want to welcome you up, Annie. Thank you so much for coming here and having your family join us this morning. And I just want to pray for her, okay, as she shares the word with us. Yeah. Father God, thank you for my sister, Annie. The way that you created her, the, may, the way that you've made her heart be um, one that overflows with love and care for people, that as a mom of three, that she can be uh, motherly towards people around her in just the ways that God sees us as well, and that she understands that with her heart. And so, God, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to receive that kind of love and longing and, and confidence that we can say, yeah, man, God sees me. God loves me and adores me. And that if we can, and if she can pass some of that on to us this morning, man, we would be so blessed by that. So would you pour into her? Would you give her the words and the wisdom and the, and the strength to be up here this morning? Thank you for her story. Thank you for her story in your story. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much, Vicki. Um, oh, hi, Missio. Oh, my goodness in person and online. It is so incredibly good to be with you. I've, um, it's, yeah, I have this whole talk prepared here, but I'm just gonna talk off script for a second. I've known of you since you started, and the rumor, I work for the district, I work, I've pastored in Vancouver for about 10 years, and so I've known Joel and Dom and Vicki and, and your team, Amy and like uh, Yang, I've known all your, all your staff um, over the last few years, and I just want to tell you the rumor about you is that you are a place of belonging, that you are a sweet and dear family, that you love each other well and love your community well, that you play really well together, like, like we know all the fun things you guys do, and just, um, it's just so sweet and so wonderful to be with you, so if I repeat that, it's because I wrote it out, but... Um, so I love Sundays. I love the body of Christ coming together to worship and fellowship. I love it. I love people that are new, that don't know anything about God yet, coming and seeing and, and, and wondering and getting curious. I love people who are, have grown up in the church and who um, maybe want, need to or want to see something fresh and new from God, from the Holy Spirit. I think it's so fun to be a part of Sunday worship and to share in the life of Christ. I'm, I'm like Vicki said, Annie Buncheu. I didn't grow up in church. I met Jesus toward the end of my senior year in high school, 
And I have a passion for young people who feel lost and without hope like I was to know that they have the profound love of Jesus that they have access to and that they are so dear and so wanted and so loved by God. Um, I've been married for 26 years now to this amazing man. Yep, it, it's, we're in for the long haul. I feel really amazing to be married to him for so long. Um, he immigrated here from Romania and then we had three kids um, that you see here with me. They don't, they look um, much larger than they do in my head. Like in my head, they're like this big. But then when you see them, you're like, wait, it doesn't make sense. So they've grown a lot, um, <laughs> which is just incredible to have to watch that. And something uh, Vicky said about me, which thank you so much for that introduction. It's so sweet. Um, we uh, got to be a foster family for eight years. And I really attribute a lot of that, of, the, of welcoming little ones that are need a place, need a safe place, need a home, need love, um, kind of teaches you that like embrace of, of a stranger, if you will. You know what I mean? So um, these people here have done that with me and, and we're all better for it, I think we could say. So if you wanna, side, side note, if you wanna know more about fostering, let me know. I can talk to you about that. So did I say, oh no. Uh, so I pastored in Vancouver, Washington for about 10 years and I'm currently the youth ministry coach for the Alliance Northwest. So that means that um, we have, I don't know if it's like 130 churches in Alaska, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. And I get to just cultivate relationship with all of the youth pastors that, that work in all those churches. Volunteer youth pastors, paid youth pastors, youth directors, uh, interns. It's, it's so awesome. I get to care for them and support them the best way I can. Um, but I love this topic of prayer. I'm going to get into it. Um, when Joel asked me to do this, I was like, prayer? Yes. And then he said, the praying the will of God. I was like, yes. Like, I love that topic. I love confident prayer, praying the will of God. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I listened to Vicki's talk from last week, just kicking off the prayer camp series. And it was just, wow, like stunning. Um, I love the concept she brought into view of like prayer camp as like a summer camp for us, right? The kids go to summer camp and we get to go to prayer summer camp. Um, that we're gonna spend the summer, you guys are gonna spend the summer exploring prayer like a third grader. Sounds completely wonderful and delightful to me. I love the imagery of the musician that she talked about that can hear the viola, I don't have to say that, in the midst of a huge symphony. How we can actually attune our ears to God's voice like that. That in the midst of the noise of the city, of planes, trains, automobiles, right? Noisy coffee shops, screaming playgrounds. Um, we might pick out the voice of God in our hearts. Wow. Yes, Lord, please. Lord, please. That's our, that's our request. So we'll, let's start with prayer. Just pray with me. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. God, thank you so much for Missio. Thank you for the hearts of these people 
that, that desire to dig deeper into um, what it means to be a person of prayer. Help us hear your voice today, like Vicki taught last week, like that we would listen, that we would tune our ears to your voice. You say that your sheep hear your voice. You say that about us. Help us get quiet enough to discover that each day. Amen. Um, so as I was praying for this uh, topic and this talk, I really got the, using that idea of prayer camp for third graders, I really want to invite you to embrace that image of Jesus being the teacher today, because we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. That's what we're going to talk about. That Jesus being the teacher today, and he's going to teach us how to pray, and we're at summer camp, and so we're, Jesus would be standing here teaching us, and we're the third graders sitting on the ground around him. So that's kind of the picture that God gave me of like what, what we're doing in this moment in the, these next 21 minutes. Whoa. Um, so in 21 minutes, we got to hear from the Lord for like, like third graders. So let's come as third graders. Does that make sense? Um, so confident prayer. How do we know God's will? And how do we know how to pray for God's will? And we can know because we can go to Jesus. Jesus is going to teach us because he came so near to us. So it's available for us to come so near to him. Jesus is a master teacher. When you read his wanderings around Israel and the, the old world, when you, when you read his teachings, his healings, his, about his mercy, his kindness, his generosity, his articulation, like his teaching, uh, you can't help but fall in love with him. He is a genius. <laughs> um, some of my favorite stories, uh, uh, remember what he said to the thief on the cross. The mercy, the generosity. Remember how he healed the lepers and the blind men? He did. If you don't know this, it's okay. You can look it up later. Um, remember how the angel came to Mary announcing his virgin arrival? Remember that. And then picture the revelation, the lamb coming to the scroll, faultless, full of love and mercy. He, that one, the one I just talked about, those stories that we just talked about, about Jesus, he's the one that's going to show us how to pray in this piece of scripture. Um, the Lord's Prayer. We might say, oh, the Lord's Prayer, I know it. I've said it a million times. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-great-grandmother, all of those people said the Lord's Prayer all the time. But when I first realized that it, the Lord's Prayer meant my Lord's Prayer, like his, like Jesus teaching us to pray, like we're third graders sitting there, I was like, wait, what? I, thought the, I don't know what I thought about the Lord's Prayer. I thought it was like, oh, I don't know what I thought. I just thought it was like da 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 da. But then when I realized, like, no, the God of the universe in the flesh incarnate came and taught us how to pray. This is really exciting. <laughs> um, so in the Luke 11 account, I'm going to read it. We're going to read it together. But in the Luke 11 account, we see one of the we see that the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray, and then Jesus shows them the simple prayer, which we'll get to, and then he follows it with two stories that are brilliant. So I just want to touch on those real quick. Um, the two stories are knocking on your friend's door in the middle of the night and a kid asking for a fish from his dad. And why does he tell these stories? He tells us these stories because he wants us to, sh to show us the Father's goodness and his desire to give us good things. This is, this is why he's telling us this, because we can count on him for these things. Does that make sense? Um, we had some of our best friends over last night, and so I was thinking about this whole like friend knock on the door. And if I needed something urgent at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., I could go to this friend's house who just lives a few blocks from me and knock loudly on his door. Like, I would totally do it. They're like our best friends. Um, and, and if he had a small Israelite home, like Jesus would be talking about in here, um, he, would, 
He could hear me from the door. Like his, his room wouldn't be, you know, in the middle of the house. It would be right there. And I can imagine him saying, Annie, what do you want? Go away. Beth had a long day and the baby just got to sleep. And then if it was super urgent, I'd be like, ah, I'm so sorry. I need help with my car or whatever, you know. And he'd get out of bed, maybe begrudgingly, I don't know, and help me. And I think it's probably easier to imagine like getting a text in the middle of the night from a dear friend. Like he'd be like, oh, why are you texting me at 6 a.m.? Uh, but our relationship is so good that we tr we're such good friends. We trust each other that we would know it was urgent. That's how God is. God's like, gosh, I know. I know when you call, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm going. I won't even do like your friend and go, ugh. Oh, like God won't even do that. But it's cool because he loves me so much that he jumps out of bed to help, to serve, to care. He has that kind of relationship with me. And he, we have that back and forth. When, do you ever get, get God waking you up in the middle of the night? I mean, it happens sometimes. And you go, okay, he, he's texting me at 2 a.m. i got to be ready to say, hey, what's up, God? The next story, okay, quick. The next story is Jesus says that God is like a dad who gives good things to his kids. My sister has a kiddo who loves halibut fish and chips from Burgerville. I know, it's crazy. Now my family, when we go to Burgerville, it's like a splurge. So we get five, there's five of us, we get five small cheeseburgers, all tailored to the person. So, you know, that's the fancy part. And one or two large fries, two if we're like, you know, payday or whatever. <laughs> and five waters. And everyone is happy. Like this is like, this is like a great thing we do. But my sister's kid, he was like three years old, maybe younger, when he first acquired the taste <laughs> for deep fried halibut. <laughs> I kind of remember being shocked like when I first saw him, his order, because he was really little, like, like not talking that much even. And my kids were not, are careful not to even to ask for like the colossal or the Tillamook, like heaven forbid. But this three-year-old wants the three-piece halibut, sometimes add an extra piece. <laughs> Um, I don't know when my kids first tried the halibut fish and chips at Burgerville. Maybe never. Have you guys tried it? <laughs> anyway, I love it to think about my sister buying my little nephew that fish. It reminds me of this story. That's like God. The son asked the father for a fish, and he wouldn't give him an eel, of course, which is gross. Why does it, why does it say eel? Ugh. Um, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We, it says in that passage, we who are evil, which, which doesn't mean darkness evil. It means like we're not perfect, and we know how to give good gifts to our kids, right? Tim Keller writes this about the Lord's Prayer. He says it towards God. So he says, it, it's to implant in our hearts a comforting trust in your fatherly love. The Lord's Prayer is to implant a comforting trust in your fatherly love. I love that. I love how that orients us. So let's get into it. Um, how can we know we are praying God's will? We can trust the source. The source is Jesus. We trust what we know about Jesus. We, do you believe some, some of you may, some of you may not. Do you believe that he's the son of God, begotten from the Father, born, died, resurrected for the salvation of man? Yes. If you believe that, yes. If you don't believe that, that's okay. Like if you're curious about that and want to talk to me or Vicki or any of, the, any of your friends here, you always can talk about that. Um, but if you do believe that, yes. If you say yes to that, then okay, we can trust him. 
The source is Jesus. Jesus comes from the Father and returns to the Father and is sent the Holy Spirit like he is one with the Father. So we can trust him. We can trust these words that he teaches us. Um, he's the source. And then he tells us how and he tells us what. That's what happens in this little prayer camp that Jesus is teaching us as third graders together on the ground here. Um, so let's read Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, and that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into the room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh, yeah. So, the source, check, Jesus is the source. So that's how we know that we can trust this. Um, verses 5 through 8 show us two ways we can come to know God confidently. Two ways. In those two stories right before, which, can we have those um, back up on the screen, verse 5 through 9, or 5 through 8, excuse me. Um, so those two verses are, are teaching us something about how we're to pray. And I'm a, I would propose these two words to you, intimate and known. Those are the two, the two words that describe those stories. So the first story is two extreme examples in verse 5, right? Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't stand on a stage. Don't, don't pray on the street corners. You're not praying for an audience. That's not what you're doing. So the extreme, whenever the Bible tells us the extreme examples, we have to look at the point of the example. He says you're not performing. Don't be on a stage like where I am right now, which I'd really like to be down there, but... There's a camera and Zoom. The Zoom people. Hi, Zoom people. Um, don't be on the stage. Instead, go inside your closed room. And these two pictures are opposites. So what's he getting at? Prayer is not for other people. It's for you and God. It's for you and God. You can pray to your God in front of others. You don't even need to feel, ever need to feel like it's a show. You're actually not on display. You're talking to God. You're talking to your father. When my kids were little, I used to sit in the living room and read my Bible and pray in the mornings, and I would get a little annoyed, <laughs> confession, human, um, when they woke up early and interrupted me, until it crossed my mind that, I could, they, that maybe they could benefit from my time too. And so if they ever woke up and found me in the corner of the couch praying and reading, I would just extend the invitation. And they would come up on my lap, and I'd start praying or reading out loud. Like what I was doing like quietly in my head, I would just start doing out loud. I wouldn't even like explain it, I would just start talking. And honestly, most of the time they got bored and they went and played. But sometimes I believe they let the words fall over them and hopefully they felt loved by me and by God. Um, the point is that intimacy for you and God, for your relationship. People can hear, that's fine, it's not about them. I can pray anywhere or anytime to, to myself or out loud, 
And the point is the sweetness of connection between me and God. The other picture I get when I hear the word secret, uh, to pray in secret, when, it, when you picture that, like going in and shutting the door and praying in secret, I picture two little girls like whispering little secrets to each other. That's how it feels. That's how it should feel. That sweet intimacy of togetherness, like oh, we have a secret. And Jesus is going to tell us more of what, how we're going to make that, how that happens. But it's like we have this little secret where we're just like, hey, God. He's like, hey, hey, Annie. Sometimes, sometimes God's voice to me is like, hey, sweetie. Like, hey, sweetie. Hey, hey, God. It's, it's like that. It's very quiet and very intimate. Um, so the next little story there in verse 7 is known. So prayer, how is prayer intimate and known? So known. Okay. Um, you only need to use a few words. Do you know why? Because your father knows you. He totally knows you. That fact alone can blow your mind. He knows you. He's not, he's not against you. He's for you. He's not waiting for you to come to him to critique you or criticize. He actually knows that you're broken and sinful and that he loves you that you don't have everything figured out, that you and I both, I don't have everything figured out. I have areas in my life of struggle, but whenever I go to God, God's like, hey, sweetie, we're here together. Do you know why? Because of Jesus, but we're gonna talk about that later during communion. That's exciting. Okay, um, <laughs> so you don't have to explain a backstory or figure out exactly what you need. You actually, that's actually inappropriate because we're gonna see what he, has, he tells us to ask God, but you can just say hi. Hi, God. You know where I am. I just need you. I just wanted to say hi and be with you because you're known. He literally knows every need you have today, and he's on it. He knows, every, he knows everything that you have going on in your life, and he already knows. You don't have to be grandiose or wordy or even have a plan. He just knows what you need, and he knows the plans he has for you, Jeremiah 29, 11. So, so that's how we pray, intimately and known, as known children. We're known children by God. Okay, so what can we ask for that is in God's will? Remember, we have the source, which is Jesus, who comes from the Father, is part of the, the Trinity, and how intimately, with few words. Jesus outlines the things of God that we can depend on. So what we ask for God is the things that we can depend on from him. We can ask for God for any of these six things confidently because we know Jesus is the source and he is telling us the resources that God has to give us. He wouldn't tell us to ask God for things God doesn't have. He wouldn't. I, we know that. He would not mislead us like that. He knows what God has to give. He knows what God has to give. And so he teaches us in the next pieces uh, what to pray. And so uh, we don't have to have anything perfectly laid out. I said that before. He knows the Spirit is the one who directs us. So what does he tell us to pray for? The first thing, our Father in heaven, is the Father's character. This is the first thing. This is more of a declaration than a request. It's orienting us to our own humility. Like God, Jesus is the teacher at this prayer camp, and we're the third graders. Let's just be perpetual third graders. That sounds awesome to me. That's so great. Um, it's orienting us to our own humility. God is holy, I am not. I am only holy as he makes me holy. I am limited, he is not. He has the holiness and I wanna be close to him. I know I need that. I want that in my life. I want his whole, I want, 
I want my brokenness to be matched by his holiness. I want that. He is good and has good things for us. The second is the kingdom. Rich Velotis calls this part, he, he summarizes the kingdom part of the Lord's Prayer as a petition for justice. I love that. God's kingdom, can you imagine it? Revelation 7 gives a beautiful picture of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation praising and worshiping God. The kingdom is described as having no more tears. It's peace, love, equality, vibrancy, where God is on the throne and we are in his glory. Ah, oh, that's so good. I love that he, he points out justice because we can see the wrongs in the world. We can see where the world needs God's kingdom. We can always ask, God, please let your kingdom, your justice way, break into these people's lives in this country or that country or my city or my neighborhood where I see people targeted and persecuted because of the color of their skin. Like, God, would you break in your justice, your kingdom? Would you, would you make that like heaven, just like heaven? Oh, that's so good. We can break, ask, ask for God's kingdom to break into our lives today. It's a very common prayer for me. Um, we don't have to know what it looks like. We just have to ask for it. The way it is in heaven, you bring it on earth. And he says, yes, I am, and I will. And you might not see it the way you think you should see it. It, it might not even be enough for you. Huh, I know how I feel, that, I feel that way all the time. But he definitely did bring his kingdom when Jesus entered the world by sending his son to rescue us. For me, when God's kingdom breaks into my life right now, like, I, well, I always ask for it, and I don't know always the ways, but when, when that happens, when I notice it, it feels like joy and peace. When I turn my attention to him, even as we start the prayer, like, as soon as I turn my attention to him, his sense of love surrounds me with, like, a protection and a care for that moment. I have a struggle um, that I deal with, like, I suppose you could say it's like Paul's thorn in his flesh, I suppose. And when I ask for his kingdom, he brings reprieve from that loneliness and that, like, desire for self-medicating. Some of you might resonate. His kingdom breaking into my life means that I get to realign to something that's peaceful and free instead of something that is, like, self-protective and self-will. That's his kingdom. That's how it looks like in my life. Um, his provision, that's the third thing that Jesus says that, that is available to us, is his provision. We can confidently ask for our daily needs. We can be sure that it's God's will, that we have what we need today. We can be sure of that. It might not be what we want. It's like, like if you think you need a million dollars today, <laughs> but it's what we need. We can trust him to give that to us. Why? Because the source is Jesus. And the how is the intimate and known. He knows what we need. Remember the friend knock and the fish dad. That's how we know. That's who God is. Um, and then do you remember the Israelites in the wilderness? If you don't know the story, it's okay. It's in like Exodus. You can read it later. But when the Jewish people survived in the desert on daily bread given from heaven. That sounds super weird and magical. Um, but the story goes is that for the time that they were in the desert, every morning bread like dew came over the camp. And that was enough each day, for each person each day. That's how God likes to provide our daily needs, daily bread, just for today. Oh, the fourth thing, the fourth thing that we can depend on is God's forgiveness. 
We know that that's one that, that Jesus talks a little bit about after the prayer, which we probably won't get to today. Um, but we're going to talk about it now. Forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. So it's that like, it's not just please forgive me, God. That he, he, he knows you. He intimately belongs with you. Like he wants that. And he, um, like you live in a space of forgiveness with him. Does that make sense? So it's not that, it's not that you have to ask for forgiveness for the things you did wrong today or yesterday or whatever. It's more of, God, can your forgiveness permeate my life? Can I have your forgiveness with all my relationships around me? And can I have my, your forgiveness with me? Thank you, that one's settled with Jesus, check. But like, like, could your forgiveness, could I forgive the way you forgive? Could my forgiveness be wrapped up in your forgiveness? Does that make sense? And so, so I pray, when I pray the Lord's Prayer for people, because it's such an easy prayer to just go, oh, I don't know this, this sir, this gentleman right here. I don't know him. But as soon as I see him, I can start praying like, oh, God, would you let his life be full of forgiveness? Would whatever relationships in his life be easy and light, no grudges, no, no pain? Would they, would they come to uh, forgiveness easily? Does that make sense? Um, so God's forgiveness, not just for him forgiving us, which yes, he did. Thank God we, need, we needed that. Um, but more like, can your forgiveness like reign in my life? Can I be a person of forgiveness? Uh, lately, I've been really doing an examine at the end of the day, and I've been, the question I've been asking is, where have I been resentful? And, and that, it's because God wants to kind of clean that up. Like every night, we're going like, oh, was I resentful of this little thing that a driver on the road did? Was I resentful of, of how this interaction went down at the grocery store? Because I believe God cares about those incidences to clean them up in my heart, to go to pray like, oh, I'm going to pray for that person and ask God to remove it. I'm going to ask God to remove that resentment. That's a really good way to, to ask God for forgiveness. Um, number five, God's guidance. We can count on God's guidance. So this is the thing that we sometimes think that to pray God's will is to figure out God's will and then ask him for it. It's, that's uh, this, this way of the Holy Spirit way that Jesus leading us as third graders is like basically like this is it. Like God's guidance is like one step in front of the other. You're right behind him. He's guiding you. He's like, I got you. I got you, kid. I got you. Just like a third grader would follow their parent or their leader. Like that's the guidance that, that God's offering us. This says, lead us, into, lead us not into temptation. So like keep me on the path that you have for me. Keep me on the plans that you have for me. I don't even need to know what those are all the time. I can take a step in the plans that you have for me. Um, which is really exciting. So you can trust that God has that for you. He has that guidance for you. He knows you. Ah, that's so good. This is our source from Jesus, and he knows you intimately. He intimately a relationship and known, and he can guide you on the path that he has set forth for you. It's, it's brilliant. It's going to be better than any path you can conjure up in your own head, 100%. So <laughs> the, the last thing that Jesus says that we can ask God for is deliverance or protection. Either word works. Um, where there is evil, where there is hardship, where there is um, forces that are coming against us, we know this is real. It's, it's hard to talk about, it's scary to talk about, but we know it's real, that there is a power of darkness, and it does, we see it, we try, I try, oh my goodness, I try to, to 
I don't even watch the news, you guys. I know it's embarrassing. But like I try to block my view from the from the evils of the world because I really just it's too depressing. <laughs> so it's real. But we can pray and ask God to remove it. And guess what? He does. You can be confident that he does. Ask him to remove it. Ask him to hold it at bay. Keep, uh, the picture, um, oh, we're going to do this in a minute. The picture is of how God held up the, the Red Sea. Have you ever seen that depicted in a movie? Yeah, yeah, there's a couple nods. And you just imagine God's arms holding away the evil or, or, or destruction, right? So I wanted to save time for a prayer lab. Um, for us to do together, if you don't mind, because we're at prayer camp, and Jesus is leading us, and we're third graders, okay? So I just want to offer this little walkthrough through the Lord's Prayer, just like a guided time, um, just where you, we're going to be quiet together, and you're just going to be thinking through the Lord's Prayer in um, the way that you want. I'm going to, you know what, first I'm going to show you, I didn't plan on this, but we're in prayer camp, so this is what I'm, I'm going to show you how I do it, and then I'm going to talk you through it. So you, don't, you can pray with me or you can keep your eyes open. It doesn't matter. Um, or you can always pray with your eyes open or closed. You know that, right? Like God's everywhere. And closing your eyes is really just to help you focus. That's it. So no, nothing magical in closing your eyes. Um, but I'll, I'll pray how I pray the Lord's Prayer. And then I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through this prayer lab, okay? Um, God, thanks so much that you are holy. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are not like the world and you are not like me. Um, you have such beauty and such uh, wonder and such creative and such and so amazing. I'm so, so grateful that you are God and that I am not. <laughs> um, God, would you let your kingdom break into my life? Would you let your kingdom break into Portland, Oregon? Would you let your kingdom break in where there are pockets of people in pain, where there are pockets of people um, treated unfairly? God, would you bring your justice? Would you bring your justice in, in power so that people will have homes and beds and food and protection? God, would you bring that to earth as it is in heaven? God, would you give us today what we need? Give me today, Lord, what I need. <sighs> Even as I pray that, God, I know I don't need very much. Thank you so much for my house, my shelter. Thank you so much for the food that I have already in my pantry. God, thank you so much for my family, for my friends for connections. God, would you give me what I need just for today, please? And then, God, would you help me forgive the way that you forgive? Oh, that's such a big ask. You forgive so huge, and I would like to learn how to forgive that way just even a fraction. God, would you help me forgive the way you forgive? And then, God, would you lead my steps? Would you help me not to, not to be harsh to my children or... Um, hold grudges against people, would you help lead me on the path that you have for me today? Help me be of service to others. Help me to do your will, which is of love and generosity and care. And thank you so much for your protection. Keep anything coming at me um, that is against you uh, away from me, Lord, in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Kelly, I saw you walk down here and I was so excited. Do you mind playing noodling a little bit? Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Um, so that's just how I use the Lord's Prayer. That's just how I use it. I, I don't always do that when I pray, but I often do that, especially if I'm praying for someone I don't know. I just pray one of those things um, from God. And so we're going to do that together. Thank you, Kelly. You're so great that you 
But you heard what I said and came down here. I watched him walk. I was like, yes, I get Kelly because we didn't talk about this. And awesome. Um, okay, so uh, just get yourself in a posture of something comfortable. Don't worry, nobody's looking at you. We're all going to just think about ourselves and God, okay? Um, oh, pray with me. God, you are our Father. And then you just, in the silence, you just talk to God and be present with him. Sorry, you want to talk and be present so intimately with us. Think on God as your good father. kingdom bring your justice think on God's kingdom of restoration equality vibrancy for all impoverished and oppressed people think on what that what you need in your life open our hands to receive what we need from you today. Think about what you need today, just for today. Friends, love, food, a bill paid, rest, just today's needs. forgiveness reign in our hearts. Help us forgive others as deeply as you forgive us. So think on now how grateful you are that God doesn't count your sins against you. Think of someone you can share that forgiveness with. If somebody comes to mind that maybe owes you something and that you want to let go of today, talk to God about that. guidance. Help us hear your voice and respond to your direction. So think on the path that you have already been led on. It might be behind you. And then imagine the steps that God has in front of you. Like give him credit for the leading thus far and the leading in the future. far from us. Hold back the annoying attack of the enemy that often comes in our own minds as critique or judgment. 
Think about how God's arm, strong arm, his powerful arm, can hold back the army of criticism, of attack. Lord, thank you so much for showing us how we can confidently ask you for the things that Jesus showed us. That Jesus, our source, the one who knows us, the one who joined us in our suffering, could tell us, hey, you can ask these from God the Father. We're so grateful for this picture.